Hi, I'm Jason, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. As always, I'm joined by my brother, my captain, my king, my Rewind and Review co-host, Rob. Hello, and thank you, you fool of a talk. I don't know what that means. Uh, for new <laughs> listeners, Rewind and Review is the podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its <laughs> legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid or sometime later in our lives? That's right. Now, today's film celebrates its 65th anniversary of the release of its original content, um, its source material, sorry, and will celebrate its 18-year release uh, anniversary in December this year, um, in 2019. That's more than enough reason for us to take a look at it, I you think. always find a way. Um, that's exactly right. Now, this film captured the imagination of the world and paved the way for one of the greatest film franchises ever to have been produced. So get ready to embark on this epic journey by eating second breakfast, elevensies, luncheon, Afternoon tea, dinner, and supper as we make our way back to the year 2001. We have to go back! Go back, Steph! What year is it? Are you telling me you built a time machine? Two thousand and one, the year when monsters came alive and ogres saved the day, when boy the boy wizard made his film debut, as well as the team who liked to drive furiously fast. All of these films kicked off successful franchises, uh, franchises some better than others, but perhaps none were as epic in scope as today's film, The Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring. Spoiler warning, of course, if you have <laughs> not yet checked out this movie. My God, it has been eighteen years. Yeah, what have you been doing? Seriously. Even I've even I've watched this. My lord. So yes, my lord of the rings. Yes, uh, directed by Peter Jackson and based on the fantasy novel series by J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, the Fellowship of the Ring is the epic fantasy film that defined a genre and introduced the world to Tolkien's Middle Earth to a scope that had never been undertaken before. It was the movie that apparently well, the yeah, the movie that was unfilmable. Isn't that what they used to say? That's right. Yeah. And but he bloody filmed three of them at once. What a legend. Okay, so Fellowship is the first of three Lord of the Rings films and tells the story of a hobbit named Frodo Baggins, played by Elijah Wood, as he inherits the long-lost heirloom from his uncle Bilbo, played by Ian Holm. And it's uh, the One Ring of Power, the most powerful weapon and the keeper of the soul of the evil Dark Lord Sauron, who is the Lord of of the rings. One ring to rule them all. Absolutely, hey, yeah. that's the ring. If Sauron was to ever possess the ring once again, then a new dark age would take over the world. After discovering the true identity of the One Ring, Frodo is tasked by wizard companion and mentor Gandalf the Grey, played by Ian McKellen, yeah. uh, to take the ring to the elven kingdom of Rivendell. Uh, so that the lords of the Middle-earth can decide the best solution to the issue at hand. Frodo is accompanied by companions Merry, played by Dominic Monaghan, and Pippin, played by Billy Boyd, and trusted friend and gardener Samwise, played by Sean Austin, as well as the mysterious ranger named Strider, or Aragorn, um, played by Viggo Mortensen. And while this happens, Gandalf embarks on his own journey to consult with his superior wizard Saruman, who played by Christopher Lee, um, to figure out what the next course of action is. 
I do miss Christopher Lee. Yeah, Just got to throw that in there. So do I. As the Hobbits journey to Rivendell, dodging and hiding from Black Riders, Ring Wraiths, uh, basically Dark Servants of Sauron corrupted by other rings of power. Yeah. Also, this script says. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's it's all in there, I think. Uh, Gandalf is betrayed and captured by Saruman, uh, but eventually escapes and reunites with the Hobbits of Rivendell. Yeah. Uh, there, at Rivendell, it's um, decided by Elf Lord Elrond, which is played by Hugo Weaving, Weaving, and the rest of the Council of the Ring, so they call themselves, to attempt to return the ring to the volcano named Mount Doom, uh, which is deep in the land of Mordor, and that's the only place the ring can be destroyed. To do this, the par- a party is formed, like a quest party, or a fellowship, if you will, um, to escort the ring bearer, which is Frodo, who he volunteers to do it. Um, and it's also comprised of other representatives from um, different races around Middle-earth. So you've got Boromir, who's a man, played by Sean Bean. Legolas, who's an elf, played by Orlando Bloom. And Gimli, who's a dwarf, um, played by John Rhys Davies. And then Aragorn and Gandalf join them as well. Uh, from there, the Fellowship journey through Middle-earth and encounter many dangers together before ultimately being forced apart to walk different paths by the conclusion of the film. So there we go. That's a that's a, a run now. There's emotional music and you yeah. get all choked up about it. And I roll do. credits. Roll credits. Roll credits. All right, Jason. The credits go for 27 minutes. <laughs> do they really? They do. I haven't, I haven't sat through them. 27 minutes. Did you know at the end of the extended version... There's a fan club that has the name in the credits. Oh, very cool. So if you watched that, that's what you were saying. <laughs> oh. Right. Are Pretty you sure. in that fan club? No, I'm not. I wish I bloody was. I didn't I didn't catch it at the time. <laughs> um, Jason, what's your personal experience? Tell me about your experience with this Let's movie. Let's go all the way back to 2001. At least I think it was 2001. <laughs> it might have been 2002. I don't know. Um, the first time I watched this actually was um, at a drive-in. I went to... It was my friend's uh, birthday Right. Um, we went to the drive-ins for her birthday. Uh, shout out to Amy if she's a listener. Amy! She could be. Um, thanks for listening. Yeah, it, went, it was like a double. I can't remember what the first movie was because we had seen the second movie as well the following year. Yeah. Um, it was either Spy Kids or Pluto Nash. It was one of them. I don't remember. Anyway, we watched the first movie <laughs> and we Nash. were like, oh, yeah, cool. You know, we're watching it. And then when it came time for Lord of the Rings to start, we just... Messed around and goofed off because we were kids. Like, I was pretty young. I was pretty. I was 11, 12, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I hear you. So, you know, yeah, we goofed yeah. around, didn't really pay attention. It was years. I mean, years until I watched Lord of the Rings properly again. The yeah, same right. thing happened the following year when the two towers oh, came out. Watched the first movie and then, yeah, let's like goofed off for the second. Anyway, so <laughs> it wasn't until maybe, uh, maybe three, four years ago that I actually sat down and I watched all three Lord of the Rings movies together i don't think i marathoned it but anyway it was you then could, though, it yeah. was then when i was like and these were the theatrical cuts as well that i'd watched was it just before the hobbit perhaps um yeah i think no i think it was yeah it was after it was either the third movie was the third hobbit movie was coming yeah. out or it had just come out yeah and then we we're gonna do all of them we didn't get all the way through the hobbits but that's <laughs> another story for another day anyway that was the first time i was like well I have now gained an appreciation for The Lord of the Rings. won't say too much. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm not... I don't love The Lord of the Rings. It's not my genre. It's not my type of sort of like the fantasy world with, you know, the swords and the goblins yeah. and the trolls and the elves and all that. It's not my sort of realm. But I do have an appreciation for all of the things that this movie 
does and has <laughs> accomplished and the fandom i have the utmost respect for the fandom the massive yeah. following that these movies have um yeah i of course rewatched this movie or well, at least the fellowship of, of the ring uh, in preparation for this and i found that my only copy that i had was the extended version mm. so i sat down and i watched the three hour and 40 minute <laughs> version of this movie um, but 27 minutes of credit, so, you know, got out of there early. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it. So, yeah, it's probably more... This is more your movie, I think. Yeah, yeah which yeah, is yeah, yeah. a good change. So, admittedly, I didn't watch this in theatres. I watched it first time on DVD. And at that point in my life, I wasn't actually a huge fan of fantasy at all. But that's what the spell of this movie at the ripe old age of 15... It was a life changer. It was a life changer. Not a game changer, so, it was a life changer. So I, I watched it on DVD and then immediately... I hadn't At that point I hadn't read the books. I'd read The Hobbit, but I hadn't read Lord of the Rings because it was just too daunting in high school. Pff, come on. <laughs> I don't want to read. Watched this <laughs> and then immediately went out and read the trilogy because I just loved it. Fell in love with it. Absolutely loved it. And then... From that point, was just in in absolute anticipation for the next two movies as well. Um, but yeah, it didn't start off, so I wasn't I wasn't when this came out and it was being marketed. I can't even remember it actually when it was released. To be honest, I can't even remember it. It was one of those watch it at home side DVD things mm. and out of curiosity, and then boom! Oh my god! I'm and then it alive. was it was the second and third that you yeah. were like first in line yep. at the cinema. Oh. Absolutely. In fact, I watched the others, particularly Return of the King. Like three times in the cinemas, I think. Oh wow! Like it got my money. Like yeah. I watched it three different, like just groups of people. It was amazing. <laughs> Whoever wants to see it, yeah. So I'm watching okay. it again. But um, so this for me is in my top three. It may very well be two out of the top. <laughs> three. It just depends on what my mood is like. Not once a year, but every couple of years it gets a gets. A, even if it's just a couple of clips, a couple yeah. of favorite clips, I'd watch it. So. Anyway, yeah, that's me. Shall we get into a bit of the legacy? You're a big fan. That's what we. Giant yeah. fan. Giant fan. Giant fan. Cool. This, this movie cost $93 million to make, um, and it made $871.5 million. It was the second highest grossing um, film in 2001. Harry Potter beat it. The first Harry Potter beat it, um, and that raked in $957.7 million. Two fantasies. <whistles> Amazing. Yeah, I remember that was, uh, yeah, that was a year, wasn't it? That was, yeah. And it was like... Choose your fandom. <laughs> well, like I said, yeah, we also had Shrek. We also had Monsters, Inc. We also had Fast and Furious. We also had whatever the other one was that I said earlier. Yeah. Oh, Harry Potter. So all these new franchises and a lot of, like, some of them fantasy, some of them, yeah, so bad. Um, so, yeah, it made a bucket load of money. And, you know, it was also really, really well rated as well. So Rotten Tomatoes gives this a 91%, um, an average of... 8.18 out of 10 out of 228 reviews. Metacritic, uh, 92 <laughs> out of 100. Correct. You know, with praising, yeah, universal acclaim. And then your cinema score give it, believe it or not, an A minus grade. That is really it strange. Is weird. I expected, not for me, but I expected. A plus plus. Yeah, A plus plus. 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 So, but it's not a perfect movie. It's just very well received, that's all. Um, it was a nominated for 13 Academy Awards. Um, that's got to be some sort of record. And it won. Uh, what did it win? Five. So cinematography, visual effects, makeup, original score, and I think original song. I'm not sure. Is there an original song? Yeah, Enya did it. Oh, the credits? Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, Golden Globe Awards nominated for four. Unfortunately, did not win any. Boo. 
They all went to Harry Potter, maybe? <laughs> oh, <laughs> or gosh, or no. Shrek. Um, and BAFTAs, it was nominated for 12 and won 5, which included Best Film and Best Director. Source material. So it did come from a novel series. Uh, as we said off the top, This, it's the novel itself is how experiencing or celebrating its 65th anniversary. 65. Um, 65, released in July um, in 1954. So July 29th, old, specifically, I think it was. I didn't write that down, but awesome. Yep. Um, the books, well, the series itself was um, three novels split into six volumes. So each book has got two volumes. And you can actually feel that in the pacing of this movie. Like the first book actually concludes at Rivendell when they're doing the Council of the Ring. And then they Like embark. when they say Fellowship of yeah, the Ring? Yeah, basically that. It's the first, sorry, that's the first volume. The second volume of this book is The Journey. Well, there you go. Well, fun fact, my DVDs that I put in, it was on two freaking discs. Yeah. It's that long. I had to get up, change yeah, the disc. Just, what kind of... That's just because the old DVD for the edition <laughs> yeah. can't fit the, the content. On Blu-ray, that would be just one disc, wouldn't it? Yeah. But that's where but it, it stopped. It was, yeah. oh, this is the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Continue the story on this <laughs> too. Okay, I'll so, get up. So the series itself um, is considered one of the best-selling book series or books of all time, with over 150 million copies have been sold, and it's reprinted in 38 different languages, which is pretty impressive. Um, it's the third greatest-selling book of all time, apparently. The first two, I don't even know what they are. Fifty Shades, mate. Because this is... <laughs> Fifty Shades, yeah, he's got them. He's got them, absolutely. Um, so because this is a film that is based on a book... Um, naturally, there are things that change in regards to the book. Yeah, different media for different things. You got to trans- yeah. What um, works on screen? So there are um, there was mixed rea- reactions from um, like literary scholar scholars because they felt that the movie itself dumbed down the characters a little bit or just dropped the tone right down of, of the, the yeah. I think depth. obviously you have an ensemble cast of characters. What yeah. what you need to do is. Um, you know, like, so you don't just get caught up in so yeah. many different characters if you you have to simplify them. And I think that's what they do. You know, take, like, Gimli, for example. They do kind of, like, give him the humour and humorous scenes. Yes. The supporting hobbits, you know, um, the other ones that aren't Sam and Frodo. You know, like, they Mary do... And Pippen, yeah. Mary, yeah, yeah, they, you know, just make him sort of comic relief, sort of mm. just, like, childlike banter between the two, oh, yeah. and that's what you get. They do simplify them. They give them very yeah. core objectives and sort of personalities. Guys, you haven't read the books, have you? Oh hell no! No, yeah. yeah. So, so there is a a, a lot more depth. And, yeah, and, and I imagine and, that would be the case. Yeah, yeah. Certain characters, Gandalf, Aragorn, Gimli, Frodo, and Arwen, for example, are very, very much different in the book compared to uh, the movie. Um, just more, I think, simplified, perhaps. Frodo is actually meant to be much older. He's meant to be fifty years old. Wow. Now I know because Bilbo mentions that he's like. 100 and something years old, isn't he? Was it? Or was it 1500 or something? 1111. 1111? Yeah. So 111. Yeah. Um, and the hobbits do something generally like have like childlike qualities to them. But is Frodo, is Elijah Wood playing like. Because they refer no. to him as a kid, right? Like. No. Well, young master Frodo. Yeah, like so. Yeah. But is 50 young for a hobbit or is he. Genuinely, like, you know, like well, in his teens, 20s. Well, Bilbo's, the ring prolonged Bilbo's life, right? Mm. That's what they say. So 111 is actually really meant to be old. And he looks better for his age than he is, but he does look old. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't yeah. look like, he doesn't look, he looked more, more like he's in his 60s or something. Yeah. But, but no, so Elijah Wood was actually 18 when he filmed this. He does not look 50. Yeah. <laughs> so he is playing like a, like a teenager type, a very yes. youthful yes. character. So that's what I mean by the changes. Yeah. Also, um, 
the the timing is is all off in regards to um, the pacing within the the novel and the the movie. Um, for example, Frodo holds onto the ring in Bag End after Bilbo's left for seventeen years. Seventeen years pass before Gandalf comes back and says, "Oh, and it you... all literally happens in one night." Like... And it seems to happen. It doesn't happen in one night because he goes away and come and researches and comes back. So it's like a week. In the movie, it does. It still felt like the same night. It felt like it did. Gandalf just went off for ten minutes and had to think about it. But if you look at the map and where he travels, like sure. he travels to the other side of the country, kind of uh, thing. So. But anyway, because um, that was one thing I noticed, I was like, "Isn't it a bit convenient that Bilbo sort of went off and did his thing, and then like literally the like straight away it was like, oh, now I've got this ring, and now all this shit's happening, yeah. and I've got to go on an adventure. Damn it!" So the, the, the course of the movie, not the movie, the trilogy happens over the course of a year, right? But in the book, it happens... It's many years. It's many, many years, but like for, at this very yeah, start point, there's 17 years gap Just between. in that, wow. Yeah, just that. Arwen, who Liv Tyler, who plays, um, rescues Frodo by the river and all that, that's that's actually um, a male um, elf named Glorfindel. Doesn't I do matter. like the Liv Tyler dwarf, uh, the, elf. Elf, is she an elf? She elf. She elf. Call her a she elf. That's okay. Um, and there That'd was also... gender-specific elf. <laughs> elf is an elf. An elf is an elf. <laughs> no, they, one of the dudes says she elf. <laughs> And he's anyway, living in a different time. One of the black guys, they're wraith guys. And then Tom Bombadil is a huge character in the books. You don't know who that is because he's not even mentioned in the novels, but he's a one of the only people on the whole planet who isn't affected by the ring. He can pick it up and throw it around. Whoa, and that's not like a... Okay. And there's a, other scenes and stuff. Um, and just and the book, book one actually finishes before the Battle of Amon Hen, which is the big fight at the end of this movie. So Boromir actually dies in the Two Towers in the book chronology. It is known as the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, There's two other movies, The Two Towers and Return of the King. All three films were shot simultaneously in New Zealand, nowhere else, and they were actually shot out of um, chronological order. So they were all over the shop. Of course. They They did, for the most part, they did Fellowship, Two Towers... Return of the King. As much as they could, I guess. But just like any movie production, it's like you don't film your first scene and then move on. Like, it just, it's impractical. You've got actors and all these schedules. And yeah, of course, of course. It, but it's just crazy just thinking about, like, so one of the first scenes, well, one of the first scenes for Return of the King anyway, it is, was shot a full year apart. Like, so um, Sean Austin's shots was, were done. And then the, the angle change, which has got Frodo. With a full year apart. Wow, that's they mental. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And then they so were they um, ever on screen together? <laughs> sometimes they were, but um, on yeah, I think it was an over a four hundred day shoot or something. Oh, yeah, and then well, there was pickups in two thousand and one, two, no, two, three, and four, two thousand two. With all the extended cuts, what is it like a fourteen hour cut of a yeah. complete film thing? How many hours of footage do they actually have? Oh, it's crazy. Probably. And it's, 50 plus hours maybe 100 hours of footage who knows speaking of that so the extended editions um, just this one alone had 30 minutes of extra material there's some new scenes in it Um, the franchise itself earned over 5 billion dollars and that's including the hobbits right but this trilogy earned almost 3 billion which is amazing we should mention, obviously, the Hobbit trilogy. I didn't really watch it. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I watched that first movie and then felt, wow, this is very different to The Lord of the Rings, and I'm not really into it at all. So I yeah. just didn't continue. I figured I'd done Lord of the Rings. That was it. Like, like you said off air, it feels a bit more juvenile, childish, yeah. and it is based on a child's book. Like, the Hobbit, the book itself, is a children's book. So. Do you know what I would like? I think I would like, like a movie just 
about like the hobbits uh, in their little village. Mm. You know, they just get like attacked by like some birds or something. And like, so <laughs> interestingly, it's not it's in the books, but it's not in the these movies. At the end of the Return of the King, um, the bad wizard Saruman he actually ends up back in the um, the Shire and takes it over and attacks it. Oh. And they all come back and have to fight him. Oh, at the village. It's called, I just want to see the, them... like the scouring of the Shire, but they know. left it out completely. Oh, I just want to see them go you know, go about their day doing things, you know, like there's like some, you know, mm-hmm. Hobbit love affairs and drama and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, then some asshole comes and attacks them and they have to deal with that issue. Yeah. I want that as a movie. They don't need an adventure of like... Covering Middle Earth. Oh, well. Oh, well. <laughs> All right, let's 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 wrap this little part up. Um, in other media, um, there's a, been a bucket load of games from based on the Lord of the Rings trilogy but that started with the Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, 28 pretty much were released wow. featuring Middle Earth since the release of this movie. The only one that comes to mind is like Lego Lord of the Rings. That's the other one. <laughs> Which is a good one, actually. Um, but then there's also a couple of notable ones for me. Um, there's Battle for Middle Earth, which is a... Strategy game is one on two. That was really good. Return of the King was like a RPG. Uh, yeah, an RPG. Yeah. yeah, and then Shadow of the Mortar is an RPG. But and I didn't play it. I you sound just, very enthused about this game. Oh, it's just don't really have time to play them. But they were really good. I really enjoyed them. So and the Lego one I played. That was good fun. Yeah, they're always good value. Those Lego ones. I played the Jurassic Park one. It's really really oh, cool. Oh, very good value. I really enjoyed. Very it. good value. <laughs> um, this movie, though, like, as a whole, you know, like, like I mentioned, I can appreciate what the this movie, this trilogy, yeah. what Peter Jackson has brought to life with these movies. Yeah, it catapulted Peter Jackson into the stratosphere. Top, yeah, top director status. You know, up there with the names such as Steven Spielberg, George Lucas. You know, mm. all of those. Like everyone knows who Peter Jackson is now. Absolutely. And before this, it was like he was doing like weird, crazy like horror, horror films yeah, in yeah. New Zealand. Have you seen Brain Dead? Disgusting movie. I recommend it. I haven't seen. <laughs> honestly, I haven't seen any of his back catalogue. Oh, he's he's a sick man. As far as I know, he he has only done the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> he may have done. Did he do Kong. King Kong? Yeah, he may have done King Kong. <laughs> so, I know. I just don't really like. I his. enjoyed that. Actually, no, because he did the Lovely Bones, which was a really good thriller. Not thriller. Like oh, that was half a good movie. I liked it. it. Yeah. Had Sa- was it Sa- Sarah C. I Rowan never know how to say names. Sarah's Rowan. Yeah, Rowan. Irish, yeah that girl. Irish girl. So yeah, uh, up until this point, the fantasy market wasn't really a thing. It had a couple of good ones, but this really kind of opened the world's eyes to it. I think like just like you said with yourself, like you weren't interested in fantasy. You didn't really have yeah. a liking or an interest really. And then this movie came along and it was like, hang on a second. I want to learn everything about elves and goblins and... Are there even goblins in this movie? Should I stop saying goblins? There are goblins. I don't know, man. I'm just saying the ones in The ones in Moria are goblins. In, in Mario, what? Moria. Oh, Moria. 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 The mines. The mines of Moria. Anyway. Um, there were trolls. No, no, trolls are the trolls are the big oh. bastard of the thing. Because oh, I was like trolls in the dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> Different franchise. Thought, thought you wanted to know. Okay, um, but of course, yeah, like it got people on board, and you can see the explosion of the fandom. Like I said, yeah. you know, like there are people who your man on the street. If you were to ask them, what's your favourite franchise? Might have a fifty percent chance that they could say Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I don't think there is a better franchise. In the fantasy genre, I don't think I can can't really think of one that beats it. So I mean, the closest when you think of fantasy and big and successful, you know, yeah, like money wise, like there isn't really Harry anything. Potter rivals it, I suppose. But, oh, but even that, like, yeah, okay, cool. All right, um, <laughs> Game of Thrones. That's yeah, but it's not it's not a franchise. Oh, it is, but it's like 
TV. All right. Okay. Uh, a couple of other things the impact, in regards to impact. Um, this was this laid the foundations for the studio Weta Digital, which is based in New Zealand. Um, they were responsible for motion capture with Andy Andy Circus for Gollum, and they also created the software called Massive, and I'll talk about that later. So we could almost say this movie put Andy Circus on the map. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, and also, speaking of putting on the map, it also put New Zealand on the map <laughs> because now you go, you know, I mean, the countryside itself is its own character pretty mm. much. And we'll talk about cinematography later by, it, you know, being filmed 100% in these spaces and they're also unique as well. Um, and if you go there now, like all these, like Hobbiton, for example, is its own tourist destination. I'm pretty sure, now. like, I could be wrong, but when you land in New Zealand... Are there not some signs that actually say "Welcome to Middle Earth"? Don't know. Or is that just something I made up? I'll, t- I'll tell you because I'm going there in in three weeks' time. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so let's talk some characters. Who's Frodo? Who is Frodo? The books aren't focused on Frodo, are they? I mean, like he obviously Frodo has his role and it's an important role, but it's not. They're s- focused on all of them. Yeah, like it spreads it out. A so bit they more. split. By the time that you finish the first book, they split into three. The dudes hunting the orcs. Yeah, you got Pippin and Merry being kidnapped, and that's and still Sam and that still kind of happens yeah. in the movies anyway. Yeah, but this movie does this centralizes movie. Frodo as your sort of yes. key player, and and I would I would say the reason for that is there's an underlying theme underneath all of this. Um, it is it's about like the, even the smallest people have the impact, and he's a tiny little human being. Mm. He's not a human. He's Isn't not that like... But he doesn't is the Kate Blanchett say shoulders. that to him? Like, yeah, yeah. Is it Kate Blanchett? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's like, yeah, even the smallest one can like make a... Yeah. smallest person can make a difference or... Well, the smallest... Save one. the day or something like that. Oh, and also at the start where Hobbits, I think she says in their, pro- in their prologue, like, Hobbits will shape the fate of all. Oh, very, very epic and... So, <laughs> very good way to open the movie. Um, but there, there is a, you know, like with Frodo's, you know, journey, where it leads at the end where it leaves off at the end of this movie, it's about him making the decision to go off by himself. Or at least he tries to anyway. Sam follows him. Yeah. But it's a... You know, all these other players and characters are, are there basically to protect him, to get him yes. to that end goal. But then he makes it... After, you know, people start dying, mm. they just keep getting attacked, and he's like, oh, I'm going to do this by myself. Yeah. And get well, all these people out of danger. He speaks to Gladwell and says, you know... Like she 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 says this is what might happen, and he, that's kind of one of the things that locks it in for him. He's like, okay, I don't want to hurt everybody. No. Yeah. So it's sort of his, yeah. This movie is basically his journey of getting to that point where he's like, I need to do this by myself. Yeah. And ah, oh, crap! Now Sam's following me. All right, he come along too. <laughs> but but, but you're, me, you're me buddy. So but that's so uh that's fine. Interesting tidbit. Um, there was over 150 um applicants. Um, and Jake Gyllenhaal was one of them. But. Elijah Wood got it, and Elijah Wood got it because Jackson, uh, Peter Jackson, really was sold on Elijah's. You know that stare that he does when once they leave the 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 mines of Moria. I'm pretty sure it's his face all the time. No, no, but he like he has this mournful, like haunting stare after like Gandalf's died, and he's just he started walking away, and he turns around, and he just looks. That was the look that got it. Yeah, that's the one. If you listen oh, to the special is. features, like that's. That's what Jackson says. It was. It couldn't have been anybody Six else. Six hours of special features. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else we got? If we let's stick with hobbits. There's a couple of others. We got Sam, played by Sean Austin. Austin. He's from the Goonies, him. from Fifty uh, First Dates. Well, not yet, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> from heaps of things. Um, but yeah, uh, he was. He's great. He plays plays it really well. That he's just an idiot. 
really. He like he plays it as if he's not the smartest, mm. but he's the most loyal. And that's all that matters for him. That's the thing. Like, I don't think... You know, I mentioned how they sort of dumbed down the, the other two hobbits. But it's like, I don't think they've actually made them dumb creatures. They've just... Simplified. Give them. They've just given hobbits, like, childlike qualities. Even though they're not children. Yeah. You know, they are smaller in size. But it's like, yeah, they just kind of... You treat them like... So, they're young, youthful, childlike. Yeah. They're just innocent, you know? Like, they mean yeah. well. And that's where you... A lot of times when you are seeing their characters sort of do and say things, yeah. you're thinking, oh, you know, it is quite juvenile. and But it's like, no, it's just... I guess that's just the that's, Hobbit race. That's, that's how they are. And Sam embodies it, like, perfectly. Yeah. Like, not, not dim-witted, because that sounds harsh, but just simply blasé to it all. And more just focused on on his task at hand, which is but he's serving, very he's serving. Very loyal. He's very and he is very like mission focused. Yeah. And well, I think that's because of the end of the end of the Moria scene where Gandalf falls, and then it hits Sam. It's like oh my gosh! Like I promised him the guy who just died mm. that I'd look after Frodo. And we'll talk about that. Who else? We got Pippin and Mary. They're like a couple, I guess. Let's talk about them both by themselves. <laughs> so um, Pippin, yeah. Billy Boyd, and we have got Mary Dominic Monaghan. Will always be our Charlie from Lost. Yeah, I actually prefer him as Charlie than I do as as Mary, but that's fine. They're just playful. Uh, again, much you know, like childlike characters, just yeah. there for the humor. They they evolve. I think they evolve the most out of all of the characters over the trilogy. Oh, just because they have to man up a bit, they have to. They do, and they end up by separating the two different, like basically armies, I guess. But, but that's another... When we do the next movie, we'll talk about that. Oh, shit, are we? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, we are. Um, if we ever get out of this one, I'll be prepared for um, Interesting tidbit, Dominic Monaghan actually auditioned for Frodo, but he didn't get it. And the last Hobbit, if we're going to talk Hobbits, is Bilbo. My memories of watching at least a theatrical cut with Bilbo was just like, okay, he was there just to set up the plot. You know, I didn't know what the deal with sort of the Hobbit story was. Um, so then, you know... The movie starts, it's his birthday, and then he disappears, and it's sort of like, okay, his purpose was just literally to leave the ring yeah. with Frodo, and then that was it. Yeah. Watching this extended cut, you know, there's a scene at the start where explains you know, it, it shows him writing his book, he's you know struggling to do so, his mind's in a different place, that explains yeah. why his house is pretty much a, a trash hole. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a small little scene where he basically says goodbye to Frodo, you know, like, so he talks in a paternal way to him. Yeah. Um, so then when he leaves, when he disappears at his birthday party, it's like, oh, mm. I give a shit. Yeah. Like, for the first time, like, watching the other night, I was like, oh, hang on. You're a character. Just those few little scenes. And I was like, he's actually been developed. Yeah. I kind of, I know more about him. I know what's going on. And so, that, ladies and gentlemen, is why you should watch the <laughs> yeah. version. But I mean, that alone... Yeah, that, I mean, there's more to it there to explain what hobbits are in, in those yeah. extended scenes. Um, I mean, there's more later on where you get a little bit more kookiness with the characters, you know, yeah. like they're a bit yeah. more, there's a bit more funny scenes and stuff like that, like extended fights and all that. But yeah. it's mainly at the start where it's like, <laughs> it changes the whole dynamic of things going forward because yeah. it's like when you see Bilbo pop up later, again, you're like, hey, you care about you're it. a character and I care that you're... You know, yeah, here, safe. And if, you, and if you do have any knowledge of the thing, like the story beforehand, so The Hobbit, which is Bilbo, The Hobbit mm. is Bilbo. Oh, but you know that. Yes. Um, <laughs> played, you, by, uh, played by yeah. Martin Freeman. Freeman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, you have a little bit more of appreciation of his journey and why he's, you know, how the ring has affected him. That's why when he loses his shit in Rivendell, like he turns into a monster. 
which is creepy as hell, by the way. Um, but uh, yeah, can anyway. we can we talk about the ring very quickly? The ring so, is its own character, by the way. Like, what does the ring actually do? <laughs> so it's magic, right? It turns. I mean, you put it on, it turns you it's invisible. It's magic, but it corrupts anything that. It's like crack. It. It's like you you want it, you need it, you're addicted to it, and yeah. when it's you're in its presence, except for that one guy who's not even in the movie. Um, but like, yeah, you, so you need it, you. You're drawn to it. And there are yeah. certain characters that are just like really like weak and they want to get into it. So they say men, for example, are the weakest of all. So they're the ones that are most prone to grabbing but it. But when they it. get it, obviously I know it makes them turn invisible. Everything goes all hazy. Yeah. What does it do besides? Just, it's got all the power. So if you're wearing it, you can it just enhances you, right? So that's why Gandalf, or um, it's better to say like Galadriel when she's talking about when she turns all crazy, yeah, that's her envision of what she would turn into because she is already really powerful. So it will make you like an all-powerful being. Well, if, if unless it's her. someone chops your fingers if it's off, her. yeah, okay. So and same with Gandalf because he is already super powerful. He would be even like ridiculous. So when powerful. Frodo puts it on, he's only like just stronger, or a bit faster. Yeah. yeah, nothing too crazy. But still, it would corrupt him and then right. turn. Yeah, and the idea is, you know how in the um, prologue. You see Isildur get killed, like the ring falls off his finger and he gets shot. Yeah, it's like you're not invincible when you're wearing the ring. Yeah, like, it's, it's like, just you're just better at what you're. You're more powerful. Like it was easier to chop off that dude's hand than it was to chop off. Well, that's just based on it. Like that's just based <laughs> on his own cockiness, like because right. he'd already pretty much won the battle and he was coming in with. He thought he was good. He thought he was good, and he didn't think factored in. But as soon as it was separated from him, it was all all done. Yeah, easy fix. There you easy go. Fix. Let's talk about the rest of the fellowship. Gandalf, yeah. some guy. I was going to say, Gandalf's a dick. He can be, yeah. He can, he can be. be. He can there be. is so much stuff that... The way he be- treats Pippin is pretty shit. I mean, yeah, but there is so much information that Gandalf is withholding, in this movie in particular, that would have been helpful. Give me an example. Okay, you know, like, when... When, like, the avalanche thing, they're all covered in snow, yeah. and they need to know, like, do we stay here, or do we go into yeah. the mines? He should have said, no, don't go to the mines, it's Barbara. He should, you know, he was like, let Frodo decide, but maybe he should give Frodo all the information, like, oh, I know all those, all the dwarves are dead, I know there's that big monster demon thing down there, you know, like, there's... I think he didn't know any of that. Oh, no, he knew, <laughs> he knew, because when he heard those roll, he was like, oh, I know exactly what that is. Because he's magic. I know. He's magic. Give me that bullshit. He's magic. <laughs> Even when he first gives Frodo the, he tells Frodo to take the ring. He isn't. He doesn't explain anything. Mm. He's just like, you just have to leave. Yeah. But, and then we'll catch up later, and then we'll all explain everything. But, and that's but like storytelling. But storytelling. Oh, no, that's <laughs> all right. Oh, give me that. He's a dick. And then when he dies, for crying out loud, look, Ian McKellen is doing a fantastic job. I am not denying that. But he get he gets whipped by that demon thing after it falls, and then he's hanging on, and everyone's just looking at him, and he's just like, "Fly, you fools! Why is no one like, let me grab you, you fool?" Because he's hanging on the edge of a bridge no, that's half no, collapsed. No, 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 okay, no, okay. It makes sense. <laughs> it like, doesn't. It was supporting its own weight. It snaps in half. They can't run out there because it could very well. He fall. should have just fallen straight away and screamed out what he needed to scream. I was like, they could grab him. But you know what happens <laughs> next, though, don't you? He survives, doesn't he? He kills the thing that's fallen down. That's what he does. He because isn't that the he... opening scene of the second movie? Isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's well, like... you see a bit of it, yeah, and then it explains it later. But he sacrifices himself to kill the bad, the big bad guy. Mm. Yeah, like, like he d- fake death. 
fake it's out. not fake deaths because he does die. Explains it. He dies. Yeah. In the second movie, if you watch it, explains that he actually did die, but the powers above brought him back to life. And he comes back super white. Super white. He actually yeah. replaces his Saruman. His death is quite important. Like the following scene, you've got all these characters except Aragon, basically like just destroyed. Yeah, just yeah. like wow. This is I can't believe it happened. Yeah, yeah this is uh, deep stuff, and they're and all the dealing music, with death in different ways. And the music, so the track's called the Bridge of Khazad-dûm, which is that bridge that they I'll take your word for it. Yeah, <laughs> but it plays the track plays between. So you know when they're on the stairs and the stairs are moving and stuff for that whole sequence when they're being chased by the Balrog up until Gandalf dies. It's all like that's one track, and if you listen to it. It finishes on the the operatic like high notes, pretty much as they're realizing what's just happened. And yeah, I kept waiting off. for Celine Dion to start singing. Uh, it was really weird. It's really. I was getting Titanic vibes. I'm just saying. <laughs> From, I, I, I loved it. I thought it was no good track. Brilliant good tracks. The whole sequence is freaking amazing. But anyway, um, Sean Connery was approached to play the role, but he didn't understand the plot. Similar to you, that's fine. Um, and <laughs> that's not my fault I sit down and watch a movie the plot should be and, and also <laughs> Ian McKellen had a two month overlap with the X-Men um, but Jackson was so sold on him that he just made it work they just figured it out um, got it done and <laughs> you mentioned that he he dies but he comes back in the next movie um, he comes back as Gandalf the White which is a completely different person oh what you got to I know he's books, white he's like super white and stuff so, but, um, but Ian McKellen preferred to play the grey version, not the white version, because the white version is more cocky and. Oh wow! You can make Gandalf more cocky. Yeah, totally. Oh, don't Gandalf be bagging the... my Lord of the Rings, mate. All right, Aragon. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis was actually offered the role twice. He turned it down twice. Um, Nicholas Cage was offered the role, but also declined. And it was actually it was a casting nightmare. A guy named Stuart Townsend was actually ended up being cast, but he was actually replaced. After filming, it actually started. Oh, wow. So Viggo Mortensen didn't actually get the role until like production had already started, like for a few weeks or something. And then he, the only reason Mortensen took it is because his son was reading the books and urged him to do it. So he read the books on the plane and then he had a, a fencing lesson with, I think it was a guy named Bob Anderson, is like the the, the sword fighting master or the master of arms or whatever sure. for the set. <laughs> Um, we always need then, one of those. And he got and he got there and he was filming the next day. And the very first thing he filmed was on Weathertop when he throws the fire stick into the dude's face. Cool. Isn't that cool? He also broke his toe while filming. Oh. <laughs> it's really, really cool. There's a lot of uh Mortensen uh, trivia here. Hugo Mortensen, he's a he's a really good actor. I really like him. And his portrayal here Has he is done great. any other stuff? When I first yeah, watched the, when I first watched the Road. He, did, he was in that movie recently last last year with Michelle Ali in it. Um, the green, green, blue book? Green book? Red green book? book? Whatever it is. The coloured book. The blue book. No, it's The green. one where he... Played. It's definitely green book. It's the green book. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, he's he's the bodyguard. Oh, true. Like, um, and he's in... He's, yeah, he's really good. I always got, like, you know, like Rick Grimes vibes from him. Oh, it's, it's stubble. Yeah, it? like, he just kind of has that face. I can't remember. Anthony Lincoln. Okay. Is that his name? I've not seen Andrew one, Lincoln, sorry. I've not seen one single episode of Walking Dead. What the hell? Yeah, I've seen all of the Lord of the Rings, though. Um, um, i got to say, Aragon, though, um, not just from this view on, but like when I first did the the whole three-piece Lord of the Rings feast, yeah. I you was thought, like, Aragon, Aragon is so cool. 
Yeah, you thought you were him, then yeah. Oh, well, I didn't think it was him. I was just like, this guy's cool. Can I just point out? Like, why has this always been about Frodo and stuff? <laughs> and like, I was like, and Legolas, like Legolas does shit all. I was like, Aragorn all the way. Aragorn's pretty cool. He's cool. Can I say though, that level of stubble that he's got, and I've heard this said somewhere else. I've tried. Hundred percent. I can do it. I've got a beard now. <laughs> um, but it's at the most itchiest stage, and I've heard somebody else say that as well. But I hundred percent concur. And he kept that same length stubble for the whole shoot. 400 days, he would have been itchy as hell. Wow. I don't know how he did it. Good on him. All right, who else is in the <laughs> fellowship? you got Legolas, played by Orlando Bloom. Uh, Orlando Bloom actually auditioned for a different role that you see in The Two Towers, Faramir. But he didn't obviously get that. Sure. He's the standout character. Everyone loves him because People he does do all these him. amazing things because he's a elf warrior. So you know when they're fighting the troll. He's pretty, he's got he's nice hair, like, he can dishes, he jumps around he's a bloom. He can just kill heaps yeah. of people. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, but there's, not this movie, but I think it's the third one, and there's that giant CGI like elephant thing, yeah, no, and he slides up, and I was like, that is the worst visual I've ever yeah. seen in my life. Okay, that's not true, but it's, it's a pretty bad visual. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. But that's um, not this movie, so discard that. Well, it's all filmed at the same time. Um... Also, uh, oh yeah, okay, who else? Gimli. Gimli. Um, Billy Connolly was considered for that role. Yeah, but of course went to uh, John Rhys-Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Who also voices the big tree that you see in the next movie. Oh, very cool. I always have a soft spot for, for Davies. Um, played Professor Arturo in Sliders, and I don't know if you're familiar with, with <gasps> that. Really did. Yeah, for the I first three that, seasons yeah. until they often. Ah, oh. oh, spoiler, sorry. <laughs> that, was, that was such a good TV show. I remember that. Dude, should we do that? <gasps> we'll do like odd episodes. You know, oh. like, we'll just pick a few and then... All right. We'll, we'll shell... Well, not shell. I've got the DVDs. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's have a look at it. Let's have a look at it. Okay. Um, moving on. And then we've also, last but not least, in the in the fellowship, um, Boromir, who's played by Sean Bean. Um, Bruce Willis expressed... <laughs> <laughs> my notes say Willis, but it's not. It's Willis. Um, expressed an interest in the role because he was a fan of the books, but he... Did not get the role. Mm. Um, and Liam Neeson was sent a script but said no. I wonder why that was. Um, and then we've got some others as well, if you want to just mention quickly. You've got Elrond played by um, uh, Hugo Weaving. Always a win. Always yes. great. Um, he, uh, David Bowie expressed an interest in playing that role, but um, Peter Jackson thought that he was too famous, so everyone would be watching it and looking at him. And that definitely happens if you watch like the, the Labyrinth. Yeah. Or Labyrinth or whatever you want to pronounce it. But anyway... Did you say you Labyrinth? <laughs> Labyrinth. Yeah, I've heard people say Labyrinth? that before. Yeah. From what country? Probably America. Those weird Yanks yeah. come on. Um, but yeah, so he's too famous. Uh, Gal- <laughs> he's too famous. Galadriel, who is another like a high elf or whatever. Um, she, uh, Lucy Lawless. Jackson wanted Lucy Lawless, but she's pregnant at the time. Xena. Could have had Xena in Lord of the Rings. That would be interesting. Um, and then you get Saruman, who is played by Christopher Lee, the late, great Christopher Lee. Um, who was a huge fan of the book. Um, he reckons he read it once a year, and he actually had met um, J.R. Tolkien wow. when, he was, when he was a kid. Um, um, yeah, I said it earlier, Christopher Lee, man, like, what a loss. Um, oh, after he passed, like, his back catalogue of movies, his performance, and yeah, just watching it last night, like, out of all the actors, I was He's like... one of the most credited actors oh, of all time. Christopher Lee, yeah. yeah, from Dracula to Count Dooku <laughs> to, yeah... So this fella. Unfortunately, Lee wanted to uh, play the role of Gandalf, but Peter Jackson thought that he was too old to play that role. So they gave him the other one. <laughs> they gave him the other evil one. 
Um, only because I think it's a little bit less active. And then I've got one more character on here, and we only have to say it because he, he kills somebody. But a character named Lurtz, who's like the bad guy. One of the bad guys. Mm. One of the, the, the Urukai captains. Played by a game guy named... Um, I can't remember his first name, but his surname is a, he's a Maori guy. Uh, was it Makorare? Makorare? But anyway, the reason why I'm mentioning that is he's actually credited as playing the Witch King or the like the head now school in the Return of the King, and he's also another orc as well. So he he got dressed up a lot. <laughs> so multi multi useful, multi talented. <laughs> um, special effects. Let's just Do you reckon they hold up. Um, There's definitely some things I noticed. Yes, um, you know it, it's 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 hard because like we're looking at a movie from two thousand and one, so you want to yeah. be you don't want to be that guy who's just like oh it's shit because it's not it's it's, it's actually shit. very good and there's a nice blend of what seems to be practical stuff weird CGI yeah but it was sort of creeping into that you know there was that time period where all movies were sort of like hey we can just do everything in CGI yeah so let's do it. And there's a lot of... There's more in the future movies that I remember, but in this one, yeah. there's not as much. But um, some set pieces, you can clearly see the lighting is off on the characters. They're not... Yeah. Like, you can tell they're not really there. Yeah. Um, there's some other things. There's a few, like, wide shots where they're running, and, you know, like, say there's, like, trolls or goblins or whatever, they are chasing them, and it's sort of like, ah, oh, that's not yeah. right. You can see that it would have been... Like, because it did win mm. Best Visual Effects. Some single shots, like... I think all three of them bloody won Best Visual Effects. And, like, yeah. they are good. There are good stuff. There's good stuff in here, but, you know, to highlight those critical things, like, there are some shots of, you know, when the Hobbit characters are standing next to the big ones, and... It's, it's more the wider shots, and it's yeah. just like, wow, it looks like they've just been superimposed. You know? yeah. But there are other moments where, you know, like Frodo's sitting next to Gandalf on the cart when yeah. uh, Gandalf in, is in Bilbo's house, and yeah. it works perfectly. You're just yeah. like, wow, that's a tiny little person. Yeah, but it's With not. It's giant. But it's, but a full, it's a full-size And the trickery and all the manipulation. That you, so you, you know how they do it, don't they? Uh, I so want you to explain for, it to it's me. For, it's false perspectives. So basically... They film, or it depends on what the interaction is. So sometimes they film the, the two actors completely separately, and one of them's closer to the camera and interacting with somebody who's not there, and then they just splice it together. That works. So, for example, when uh, when Gandalf comes into Bilbo's house and um, Gandalf gives him his hat, gives Bilbo the hat and the staff, he picks it up, and all of a sudden Bilbo's walking with a staff that's two times the size of him, but it's not spliced together. Gandalf was handing that to somebody else and it's, then it cuts to Bilbo picking up an actual giant size prop Whoa. so it's done so with giant size props and also distance between them so when they are interacting one of them is far closer to the camera than the other and it looks like one's the smaller than the other but they're not it's just it's generally filmed yeah. at different times then there's also CG painting in the faces of, of um, like children. children or sometimes people, people with dwarfism as well um, I think it was predominantly children to be honest but um, we'd like um, we'd like Gimli would that have been maybe like a someone with dwarf I think that was a dwarf who actually portrayed that oh, I can't remember because obviously he has, he has a larger set so so like a child unless yeah. they had a, like a larger set child I guess interesting tidbit by the way everybody in the fellowship got a tattoo like oh together. like all the actors all the casting oh, very cool like Gim, um, John Reese davis didn't it was the person who played him like that the size double Oh, got okay. Instead yeah. of Again, yeah, but they all got, like, like um, John Reese Davis just didn't want yeah. one. 
something like that. So, oh. but they all got like the elfish word for like nine or something. Cool, because I was in the nine members yeah. of the fellowship. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, but Here, anyway. wait, here's a question though. Again, with like Bilbo's house, you know, obviously because they they're real sets. Those they houses. also built yeah they also built miniature sets for Bilbo. Normal right. sets for. Because I was going to ask, I was like, and then they also did. Yeah, like when Gandalf, when Ian McKellen's in in the house, he's like very tall. Yeah, and then but oh, when, sorry, it's miniature sets for Gandalf, giant sets for Bilbo. So and then normal sets for just for general people walking around. <laughs> just general people. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, very very interesting. I'm gonna go. We're gonna go see Hobbiton when we go over to New Zealand. Yeah, send me photos. Um, I will. Hopefully, it's still in good order. Uh, well, it's a money making machine. So anyway, um, another thing as well is so you had the size size differentials. You also had what they call massive software, which is never heard of before, but it's basically um, it's well, it's created by Weta Digital and it's software that creates AI run armies that all have individually rendered people who are individual soldiers in an army. So previous to this, army scenes that were made in CG were one render of like so an artist would have to individually do individual people but it this to manipulate the shot like you would have to like it's all it's all one piece it's all one they could do multiple things with multiple versions of the so, same thing so but what, make the massive, it look like a lot. what the massive software is is each individual character that's on screen has its own ai and its own interaction rules so you can have and they're all individually rendered so you could tell that guy to run over there or they basically give it you know an algorithm where they're all running in one direction and when they reach oh and then they automatically just animate and animate they, yeah so they're wow. all individual but all governed by like an overall that's software that's massive correct Aye. yeah i didn't explain it very well but basically i think the I, reason the, yeah. re- the reason why it's important is because it was unprecedented and pretty much moving forward any movie that's really incorporated giant battle scenes has incorporated the same software. And I guess they so. by doing that, they make those things have a bit more uniqueness instead of just like yeah. every quadrant looking the same. Yeah, yeah. basically. Um, so very interesting stuff. And that was 2001 and it's still tech that's being used now and refined, which is great. Last little bit, if we're talking visual effects, really quickly, um, just the cinematography itself. Like the way that, the way that Jackson captured, just captures New Zealand landscape. And I mean, the way like they use so it, 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 it does play like a tourism ad, you know, like yeah. it, it does make you go, Ooh, wow, ooh, I want to go there. That's pretty. I definitely do. And like, you know, we looked at and I am. we spoke about the budget mm. and you know, it's reasonably ninety three million, was it? Like yeah. reasonably low. Yeah. That's because your sets are pretty much already there for you. Yeah. You've got this wonderful scope that you can use. Yeah. So yeah, the cinematography should just be eating that up and it does. And how how often do they use the bloody helicopter camera? You know, like, and this was before drones and all of that stuff. I mean, these, so this was like a helicopter just circling them as they run through the countryside. I mean, these movies are essentially a big, like, it's about walking. It's about yeah. uh, walking it's and a journey. carrying and taking boat rides and yeah. stuff. So there's a lot of those shots to film. Like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> drones, helicopters, all that, big cranes. Yeah. And they do it all. They do it as much as they can. Oh, yeah. It's, for it's, those money shots. It's pretty... It's pretty oh, and it's, and it's well, pretty. It gives, you, it gives you an amazing feeling of the scope of what they're doing as well. Like, when you see from such a far distance these little people running along all this amazing scenery and you've got... And it's, it's like, so what's in the distance? Nothing. nothing. And it's like, and it's so like, naturally, that's where they're running. No wonder this takes... Uh, this is a 13-hour ordeal, 14-hour. <laughs> well, apparently, just, just between leaving Rivendell and getting to the mountains is like a 40-day journey. Like That's what he says. He goes, it's a 40-day run between here and there. It's like, you don't see that. You see two minutes of it, but... 
Anyway, just saying. Look, this is a long movie. Like, it really... And you... you I gotta say, like, I feel it. I feel it. When, every hour I was like, wow, like three hours yeah. ago, two hours This ago. is a long episode, mate. Yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon? Is it time for an ad break? Uh, yeah, yes. Let's take a breather. Yes. <laughs> we will be right back. Put in the second disc to continue the story. <laughs> Hi, I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. And we are the guys from That Film Stew. Do you like movie reviews and want to keep up to date with the latest in movie and TV news? Then That Film Stew is the podcast for you. Join us every two weeks for some good times, laughs and firm opinions on the things we love. That's right. There's a new podcast released every two weeks on iTunes and SoundCloud. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as That Film Stew Podcast. That Film Stew Podcast. Listen, comment, follow, share. Let's talk. Score. Did you like it? The music is good. It is good. It's very good. It's very nice. It's it creates um, atmosphere. Atmosphere. It goes with the setting. It has like the fantasy element. It, it plays exactly how it needs to. Mm-hmm. Emotive. It's all there. I find it pretty pretty much the best soundtrack that I've ever listened to. I'm not gonna lie. Wow. It is actually. It is. My favourite of all time. The, the trilogy is, though. So one interesting thing that Howard Shaw does with the score is um, each kind of character, like, not character, but you know how at the end of this movie they split off into three? Mm. They all have their own, like, Motation um, score. Yeah. No, they, no, they all have their own score moving forward. And you can hear a little bit, like, so there's, there's a Hobbit score. So when they're in Hobbiton or in the Shire, that remains as a Hobbit thing. But then you also have a Rohan score, which is the next movie, and that Pippin and that have. And you also have the... the da, 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 da. That's like the King score that moves into like Return of the King as well. So it's like... So is that for like Aragon? That's more like an Aragon-y yeah. kind of thing. But I f- and it's just personalised to their characters. Like the Hobbit one is all quirky and stuff. And yeah. then the, the King's one is all grand. And then the, um, the Rohan one that's coming up... You, you don't hear in this one, but you know, it's like it's really kind of rustic, like acoustic. It's got violins and stuff, it's really it's just a real cool vibe. Well, that's essentially what like it's what the tracks do, and I guess you know that that might be more sort of the second and third film, obviously, going forward, yeah. But even contained within this movie, there's still those very different types of, of well, how's, music. The t- how's the tonal shift when you go to Isengard and it's like. You can hear like the clanking of the hammers and yeah. stuff, but it's like it's like that industrial tone that comes with it. The easiest contrast is to compare any of the tracks to you know like the the, the music played over the Shire. Yeah, you know, just. But I mean, that's that's obviously the most dramatic shift we compare to any of them. But yeah. even between, yeah, like the scene in the you know when when they're working and stuff, compared to like when they're at uh, Rivendale yeah. or where the elves live. Or, <laughs> I don't even know That's who replaces yeah. Is that Rimdale? Oh, no, then Lorien. Um, no, was it? Lost, the, the, Lost Lorien or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Kate Blanchett's doing yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, there's music in Flavor for the, each scene, yeah. different characters, different, you know, like, the journey gets crazily epic. Yeah. You know, after the first hour of the movie. It's not just, not just them walking yeah, around. Yeah, we're not in the like, Shire anymore. Yeah. Like, we're in this yeah. immense... Like plays where it's just crazy. So it's it like, does the, get it's like the, the male operatic voices in the mines because the, the dwarves are predominantly male. Mm. And then you've got in the Lost Lorien, the elf place where Kate Blanchett lives. It's all like very high pitched female, like 
operatic things because the whole area has has a connotation of like a feminine feel to it even the men have a bit a little bit feminine as well and just moves like just subconsciously it just changes your tone like the tonal shift is all through the music i think with this score you know like sometimes i can take a score and i can drive around and listen to it in my car today mm. i was you know doing some errands and i was I, I was like, look, let's put the Fellowship of the Ring soundtrack on. Let's see how I feel about it. Listen to the tracks. You know, like, it works better in the movies. For me... No way. For me, you know, I know a lot of people might... Obviously, you're thinking differently, but I was trying to listen to some of the tracks, and I was just like, next. <laughs> next. Trying to find one that I was like, I could get into and just sort of, you know, just really enjoy and feel the epicness of it. But it's like, for me anyway, it just falls hollow when it's just when it's just the tracks yeah. but with the movie you know where it's supposed to be it works so you, i'm not taking anything away from it in, in yeah. that regards like when it's serving its purpose it's really serving its purpose it's doing a good job absolutely but uh yeah besides me you know like the the track over the the shire where it's sort of like boppy and it's just like you know fun and stuff mm. and, or like the, the the score that sort of played towards the end of the movie you know the epicness of the fellowship yeah. it's like you know that that works i can listen to that and enjoy that yeah. but yeah a, everything yeah. works better in the movie yeah over the scenes i think maybe my compliment. connection <laughs> i think maybe my connection to them so when i'm listening to it on spotify i'm imagining the scenes as i'm as i'm listening yeah. to it so i've got that connection that might be it um all right and there's also it's got to be worth if you're talking soundtrack and score um the enya released uh two songs but the song may it be um, there's another one called Annie Ron or something like that, but it's an elfin term. But anyway, the song May It Be actually was nominated for the Golden Globe and Academy Award. So I misspoke before. It didn't win the Academy Award. It was nominated for the Academy Award. Oh. So this movie only won four Academy Awards. Only. Only. <laughs> out, of, out of 12 or whatever it was. It wasn't um, its time. It was... Uh, but It wasn't its time. <laughs> but Enya's song plays over the credits. And it's a lovely song. It's nice. Yeah. Just I don't really like. Yeah, cool. Good on you, yeah. Nice one. You know, like it wasn't all it, for me. It wasn't all like sitting through. At that point, it was about three hours and three hours and maybe twenty minutes. To me, I'm not going to be not going to lie. I haven't listened to it for its whole. I haven't listened. to Yeah, it well, I looked. Um, I was like, wow, these credits are long. I checked the time you know, thing on on the DVD player, and I was like, yeah. wow, there's another twenty seven minutes to go. And I was like, should I sit through and listen to the music? And you know, th- this song was playing, and I listened to it for about a minute, and then I was like, okay, we're done now. Yeah, we're done. Like, let's. Uh, the only time it wasn't anything say, drawing me in. The only time I'd say in this trilogy where you should watch the credits is the credits of the Return of the King because it has all of the characters with a hand drawn sketch. Of their characters, yeah, and it plays a different song, but it's a, it's a beautiful song. So you just watch it. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Oh, we're coming to the end of it anyway. Let's talk about standout scenes. Uh, I've got a list of scenes here, just chron- chronological. Chron- I'll just let you gush and do your thing, and I'll no, chime yeah, in yeah, when no, I've got, no. <laughs> when I've got a moment. Right. That I'm like, so oh, a couple a couple of standouts for me in chronological order is from minute so- zero zero one <laughs> to. <laughs> I don't mind the prologue. No, the Battle of the Last Alliance, that's where you don't really see any big battle scenes. That's the opening scene, right? That's the opening scene. Yes, right. <laughs> so that's where the, like the elves are sitting there just waiting and the orcs are running into them and they shoot arrows past them and then they chop them up and stuff. So that's a, that scene, you, like in the rest of the, in the other two movies, you see the epic battles, right? And you get to see like the massive like software that I was talking about all happening. Whereas this movie, you don't because it's all real people running around because they're not that big of 
Um, oh, this was a, yeah, but this, this is the small... only example of it, and it's a really good way of opening the trilogy of saying this is what's coming. It's like this level is what you can expect. And this was forward. set. That scene set um, two thousand years. Uh, yeah, something yeah, like that. So yeah. that's set way before the Hobbit and all that. Correct. And that's yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's set like well, Kate Blanchett says it in her like prologue bit. It's like you know the the ring disappeared and it disappeared for like two and a half thousand years and never so like, forgot. So that battle happened and then like yeah. a thousand years. Well, obviously the movie explains that it gets to the hands of Gollum and then yeah. eventually Bilbo, which is the Hobbit movies, and then yeah. it this movie starts. But it's a really good that scene is a really good way of tying in. Like for example, the elves. Like everyone knows that elves generally are like immortal. Like but you see Hugo weaving there, and then later on in the movie you see him again, and he hasn't aged a single day, and it's been almost three thousand years. That's true. But it's it's a good way. Which actually cool. It, it actually gives more weight to when Legolas, you know, is after Gandalf dies, yeah. and Legolas is sort of dealing with you yeah. know, what he's seen because it's like I imagine he hasn't had to deal with yeah. It at well, all. There's, there's actually two scenes where you, that's exactly right. It's two, two scenes where Legolas has to deal with the confrontation of death. It's when Gandalf dies, and he's looking around at everybody on the ground and he's like I don't understand like I just don't know how to deal with this but then also when he's looking at Boromir dying like he's just completely out of his he just doesn't know what to do I and mean, it's, it's really beautiful moving through some standout scenes you got the Shire hey the there's a there's a dragon fireworks thing that's good fun that's cool it's <laughs> <laughs> cool like I said I want a movie in set the in the, the Hobbit Shire where they just go about their day and then something <laughs> happens and they have to deal with that in the Shire. <laughs> it's great. It's a, it's a wholesome space. Like, the party's good fun. They're, yeah, I just like it. Then you come to evading the Nazgul or the Black Riders. So, that whole sequence, that was the first the first sh- um, scene that was shot for the whole trilogy was them as they jump over that tree root. And they're hiding under and it. And they're hiding under it and, like, mm-hmm. the spiders coming out and all that stuff. Like that was a very so, first so the first shot. day it's like okay we're going to throw worms yeah. on you yeah sorry we didn't tell you but you're going to have a centipede run past you and you're going to have a spider on your it's shoulder. all uphill from here though yeah. <laughs> but there's a, that's that amazing as the before you see the rider you hear it but you have that dolly zoom on the road where the trees are kind of coming closer and so I love the dolly zooms they're really cool <laughs> but it just adds a tone to that scene where you're like what's coming because you don't even know what's coming yet. yeah and then it, then you see it and it's just brilliant and that whole sequence it also showcases just New Zealand it's like the nighttime scenes where you've got the horse rider sitting on the like looking out over the just more of that tourism ad yeah, yeah love it look the wizard battle is fun it's cool it fun. is fun it's it's like old dudes zapping each other with sticks just going yeah. and I was just waiting for Yoda to like show <laughs> up and be like <laughs> I think you I win it <laughs> But it is, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, the Council of the Ring I like because that's the the like the, the most memed thing I've ever seen. <laughs> is, <laughs> is Boromir saying one does not go in like go into we the yeah both me and the yeah. wife like chuckle when that yeah. came on just because it's like because it yes, is such a thing. the internet. But there's a beautiful thing in that scene where you get so Gandalf cares so deeply for the hobbits and you see that. You know, in his interactions, doing the fireworks and all that, like he cares so much about these people, these little things, and he doesn't want Frodo to take the ring. He doesn't want him to take it to the volcano, Mount Doom. But he also doesn't know what to do with the rest of the 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 council. He doesn't know what, like, there's no clear path of what to do with this bloody ring because yeah. he can't pick it up. No one else can do it. So when Frodo well, says, "I'm going to do it." You see this look on Gandalf's face, and it's like a mix of relief that, thank fuck, 
there's something somebody we have a plan and but also pure regret that it's Frodo that's doing it's like no relief as well like he didn't have to make that decision to nominate Frodo and be like you've got to do it and it's I think it's great Um, Um, I do enjoy you know that whole setup and then it's a bit of a lead up to you know like so there'll be nine Fellowship of the Ring and it's like wow that's the name of the movie and that's always fun yeah Um, obviously we do get that (laughs) <laughs> I had an intermission because <laughs> um, but it's fine it's like whoa like there it is and it's like okay now we're off to go it's just a we're shame that yeah. the fellowship does end at the end of this movie it's, yeah. you know they do go their separate ways but it's epic it's like oh here's our principal yeah. cast they're all there and the adventure yeah. begins like yeah. it's pretty epic and this movie is epic and it goes out of its way to yes. be epic Moria what a great scene like, from the moment that they're trying to figure out... Like, the little humour when they're trying to figure out how to open the door. And Gandalf yeah. like, has got no idea what he's doing. And then they, and then one of them disturbs the waters and they figure it out. But as they go into the door, this big giant octopus comes out of nowhere. And one of the things he says, he says is, evil is drawn to the ring, no matter what. And so that completely makes sense. Like, it's not pure coincidence that there's an octopus in the water. It's, it's coming to them because it can sense the ring and it wants the ring. That's the whole purpose. So that's it. They're, they're saying so that octopus is evil then. Oh, it's a bad it's guy. It's not just doing it. I'll tell you what, tell you what, if we're talking special effects, that's one thing that did stand up for the most part is when that thing comes out the water and the water flows off it and its mouth opens, that looks like bloody good. I think it looks great. The tentacles don't when they're cutting them. That doesn't look <laughs> great. But that itself, like when you see like it's like like a squid beak, that looks, I thought that looked Yeah, it looked brilliant. really decent, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, they move into Moria. It's a four-day walk to the other side of the mountain, apparently. Apparently. Um, and apparently on day three is when they, is when it all goes down. I think uh, it was day three for me when I got to the... <laughs> when the movie finished. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, they see, you know, the... the what is it? The, the mine has been turned into a tomb because all the dwarves that used to live there have been killed by the, go- the goblins. Goblins attack them. There's a big fight with a troll. It's awesome. Troll in the dungeon! Yeah, um... The moment when Frodo gets stabbed, right? And then everyone's watching it, and then they all react. And so, like, the two little hobbits, Merry and Pippin, they jump on the back of the troll. They're, like, stabbing it in the neck. (laughs) They're all... They all work together as a team to take the thing down. And, like, but there's one scene... One bit where Troll falls forward, and then Pippin gets... No... Yeah, Pippin gets thrown off, and he just flies. And when he lands on his back, and he's just staring at the roof, and his eyes are open, it's like... But it's, the look on his face is just like shock and that it's all happened. And then they find out that Frodo's fine. <laughs> it's just it's all about protecting Frodo. Yeah. That's the, that's but then the you, thing. Then that scene moves on to the bridge and then the Balrog's there and the famous line, you shall not pass. That's it. There's there so many lines in this movie that I repeat all the time. Like, full of a took, I repeat a couple of times. I don't even here. know where that... Where is that? So as... That is Gandalf, as isn't Pippin, it? Yeah, yeah, but he says it because Pippin, they're reading the book saying... Recounting what happened in the in the tomb or whatever, and then he knocks the stuff down. He the knocks well. the thing down the well, yeah. and it just makes that racket. That's what he says. And brings yeah. all the goblins out. Yeah, um, and then so yeah, Balrog fight, Gandalf falls. Like, sad. And you know how I feel about it. Yeah. Well, I loved it. So whatever. <laughs> um, then the last stand standouts is the Battle of Amundsen. That's the fight at the end where the breaking of the Fellowship happens, where they all kind of disappear and break into their own little three into the three groups. But Boromir dies. He's mm. shot by arrows. His <laughs> arrow gone. His arrow gone. No, he's not. His yeah. name's Boromir. Um, yeah, but, but Aragorn's there. 
Yeah. Look, um, by the way, I can tell that I'm the only one gushing about this. <laughs> but, but anyway, respect the damn. <laughs> um, but one of the standout things though here is like so Boromir tries to take the ring from Frodo, and it's a moment where he of weakness for him as yeah. a man trying to steal the ring, um, so much that he would forsake his own friendship with that he's built over like forty days or something. Like crack, apparently. man. It's like crack. It's like crack. But then he <laughs> falls over, trips over once Frodo puts the ring on and runs away. And then it snaps out of it, and then all of a sudden it's pure regret. And then the only thing that he can do is to fight to the death to try to bring back his own honor. Basically, yeah, like redeem himself. himself. Yeah, which he he does. And there's a beautiful moment when he he is shot by arrows, but he keeps on fighting, he keeps on going until Aragorn kind of saves him, but then then he dies, and then he says, pretty much they. He accepts him as his king as well. And it's a really nice moment. Sean Bean looks up and he goes, You are Aragorn. I am Aragorn. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, they like we said, they've split into their own yeah, from that point, And that's where the next movies come. Well, that's where it all gets, you know, it's, it's again, like going back to Frodo, you know, that's his moment where he says, well, he doesn't actually say, he just does it. You know what's yeah. sort of happening. You know, he's kind of made that decision. I've got to go and do this by myself. And you got Sam being like, I'm not leaving you, Mr. Yeah. Frodo. Like, and he jumps into the water and it's like, he can't swim. He's drowning. It's all very sad. There's a music. And Frodo says, go back, Sam, which is a part of our little intro. Yeah. Go back, Sam. That's it. Like, yeah. now we've finally done it. Yeah, absolutely. A <laughs> um, couple other standout things with that as well. That that scene where he pulls him out of the water and then Sam says, look, I made a promise. Like, I don't don't you leave him, Sam, while I'm getting That's it, yeah. And it's such a beautiful moment because you've forgotten. That's, he says it so casually earlier in the movie that that's what Gandalf told him. And now that Gandalf's dead, he just... He he feels compelled to live up to the honor that he that he had, you know, and he, and his his promise that he made, even though he pronounces promise plums. But anyway, um, and the other thing, Sam. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> well, you know, so there's just a million I could gush all day. Do you have this. a favorite scene out of everything in this movie? So yeah. in Moria, where Gandalf is sitting there talking to Frodo about Gollum, and he says it was pity that stayed his hand, and you know the pity of Bilbo White. And all of that, but he also there's a scene where he says, um, he goes, "I wish to bring that to me." And he turns around, and Gandalf goes, "So do like, so do most these such times, but you just have to do what you've got, what you can with the time you've got, kind of thing." But it's a beautiful message, and that's the thing that it that, like convinces Frodo at the end, where he's thinking about that 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 conversation. He goes, "Okay, I'm on, I'm on my way. You just got to do what you can with what you got and go for it." It's a beautiful scene. I love it. Was there any standout scenes that you really enjoyed? There are moments, but you know, a lot of it, a lot of it, you know, like once they leave Rivendale, a lot of it just feels samey. Yeah. But the moments that I like the most are when it's character focused, when it's not about the journey and the mission, when it's just about them doing things. You know, like when the hobbits are talking about second breakfast and. <laughs> Um, you know, supper and all that. You know, does he does he know what it is? Um, yeah. You know, like when they're when Gandalf's trying to work out what the riddle thing is. You know, like yeah. to say yeah, they've got to say friend in Elvish. You know, like that whole thing when you know and Pippin again. I think it's Pippin, and he's like, like you're not doing it right, or it's not going to work, or something. And it's just like you're not helping. Those moments, mm-hmm. yeah, just when characters are just doing things, and you know, there's a bit of banter and there's a bit of comedy. That's I think yeah, the human side. What do you reckon about the last battle? You know, the battle when they're... Like, there's just the rolling battle as they're coming down the hill and they're all kind of fighting as they're going. 
Did you not enjoy that? Oh, I'm like, like I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the, the the fights and all that. You know, like I thought it was brilliant. And I think compared <laughs> to the fights that you get later on, where it's like the f- full on like war, war, yeah, it's like it is a lot smaller. Yeah. It's a bit more, it's more intimate. And you're still with these characters, so yeah, you get more. And I guess that's where I'm coming from. It's like the characters, yeah, and it's like you do care about them, even though. You know, they, they are sort of lessering the Gimli character. Yeah. They're sort of not giving much to Legolas at this point unless you know yeah. aspects to it, you know? Like, mm. like that. Like again, that scene where he, you know, he's sort of processing what death is and why people are reacting to that. Like, unless you know that the elves don't age and he doesn't yeah. understand what death is really, yeah. you just see him, like, being confused and you, yeah. know, you just be like okay, I don't know what that yeah. means so, so you get yeah, confused to having, you know, having yeah. a bit more of an understanding of what's actually going on it yeah. helps with those characters and that's what's important I love it I love, yeah. your, I love your take on it alright well ladies and gentlemen it is time for our quiz break we'll come to that point in the podcast I'm sorry and <laughs> I'm quizzing guess what? I'm quizzing Jason Jason you're going to do alright you're going to do yeah. fine so what we do is uh, uh, 10 questions 60 seconds yeah yeah that's what we do Alright, how are we doing? You ready? Yeah. Alright, let's begin now. Question one. Can you remember the name of the pub that they go to in Britain? Is it like Dead Pony or something? It's Pony something. Uh, Silent Pony. No, Sleeping close. Pony. Half point. Oh, uh, question two. Now. Which forest does um, Legolas come from? They say it three times. Viridian Forest. I don't no, know. Incorrect. <laughs> What's the name of Frodo's sword? Should know this. Hobbit sword. No, it's not. A sharp right. sword. Easy one. How many rings were given to the elves? Wasn't there nine? Seven? No, not for the elves. Seven chaos emeralds, dragon balls, no. nine rings? Eight rings. Twelve rings. How many rings were given to the dwarves? You've already said this one. Nine? No. Three. Seven. Seven. Yes. Come on. And <laughs> how many rings were given to the men? Three. No. Four. They're the dudes in the black robes. Seven. Nine. Nine. Oh, come on! What's Sam's pony's name? Sam's pony. Dead pony. No. Mr. Pony. What does Boromir wear on his belt? Oh, there you go. (laughs) You're useless, mate. (laughs) I'm going to ask you this. So these are freaking easy. I made them up. It's so easy. Oh, I love it. All right, you're useless because you didn't even get one. Yeah. Oi, I got half. You got half a point. Okay, so the name... Let me go through this. The fact that I got Pony is que- good. Question one. What's is... the name of the pub? It's called the Prancing Pony. Yeah, it's Dancing Sleeping Pony, whatever Close. I said. Um, which forest does Legos come from? The Mirkwood. Mer- it says it a couple of times. So, um, Frodo's sword's name is Sting. That, okay, yeah. You should know that. <laughs> um, everyone knows that. Okay, how many rings were given to the elves? Three. How many rings were given to the dwarves? Seven. How many rings were given to the men? Nine. They're the nine ring wraiths. That's them. Yep. Yeah, cool. Look, it there was it so many there times. There was a lot of exposition in that prologue. I tried to absorb it. I tried. All right. Sam's pony's name's Bill. He says, bye-bye, Bill. He lets the pony go. Um, Oi, that pony does not know how to get home. Who cares? Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. He knows how to get home. What? Couple, what? A couple of questions that I didn't get a chance to ask. Um, what does Boromir wear on his belt? Do you know? Uh, like a batarang. I don't know. No, he raises a, raise a big horn. A horn and Gondor that he blows. Oh, blows yeah, there, sure. Right? Yeah. Yes. Um, how many arrows does Boromir get hit with? You? Oh, well, it's all three, maybe? Three, Ooh. yeah. Um, and you won't get this one. What's the name <laughs> of the weed that they smoke? Oh, like, yeah, uh, like willy weed or something. No. Polyweed. Long bottom leaf. Ah, oh, long bottom. 
like Neville. So I would have got all of those because I wrote those questions on the go. Mm. I love how they have weed, though. That's very... Yeah, it's and, cool. they, and they get weed. high. They do get high. And they, they call it weed. Yeah. Um, all right, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, that was our questions. Ten questions in 60 seconds. Jason, I knew he was going to fail at this one, but that's I think okay. I also knew. Yeah, that's all right. All right, well, let's wrap this up, mate. Uh, you're, definitely, you're definitely writing first. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I, I imagine. I like it. So yes. this movie... I'm not surprised. This movie is my... Between number three and number two of all time. Um, the trilogy itself is my favourite franchise. We discussed this before we started airing. I freaking love it. I'm in love with the the characters, the score, how the score changes the tone. Each movie has its own kind of particular sound as well. If, if we're talking specifically fellowship, I've just got this deep connection with their journey, and I think it's also if you read and appreciated the books as well. That even though the, the the content is a little bit different, it's still complementary, and I think they did a really good job at, at adapting it. So I'm currently reading the books right now, and I, I love it. It's a great connection. It's not a perfect movie. Like there's the pacing, I think is a bit off. Like when they're in Loth Lauren, <laughs> the pacing. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Three so, hours, 40 minutes. The pacing. No, no, no. Like, it's off. <laughs> so it slows right down when they're in like the elven forest thing. And I don't like really what goes on there. It's not. It's probably my least favourite part of the movie. It's not, I get there's important like, scenes, but that, yeah, that could have been streamlined. Yeah. Um, a lot of those so don't really. So it's not like a perfect movie. And special effects wise, like yeah, there's things it could definitely do with a remaster. Like there's smoke effects and like all that kind of stuff. You can tell so much stuff. It still looks pretty awesome though. So for me... Even though it's in my highest, like, top tier of my movies of all time, it doesn't have to rate a five. So it's probably a... I'd say like it's a four and a half. So you're saying four and a half critically sort of thing. Yeah. But for your enjoyment and pure pleasure... Oh, I would love, never not... It's top marks all the way. Yeah, yeah, totally. totally. Absolutely. But I can see it definitely hasn't aged as well as some other movies. In terms of the, the trilogy, the three movies, where does this stand with the other two... This is obviously I know you're not comes, too fond of the Hobbit movies. This comes, oh, I forget the Hobbit movies, but out of the, tri- <laughs> out of the tri- trilogy, this is probably one. Oh no, I can't because they're different movies. They're different. Fair enough. They're different movies. Fair enough. But yeah, I think this one, this one is the more solid, tight movie. Well, this has got a lot more character development. And the stuff themes there. are more clear and yeah. focused and all yeah. that. So this is probably the best out of yeah. all. Look, like I said from the start, I can appreciate and uh, admire and acknowledge all of the things that these movies have done and what this one has done and Peter Jackson and all that. Yeah. The cast and the effects and the fandom. The, you know, like you guys are all top blokes. Um, <laughs> no, like it is wonderful. I can definitely appreciate the craft and the art that went into into this movie. There's no question. This is a very well-made movie. Yeah. Not perfect. The flaws are minor. Yeah. Like they're minor. But I mean, to be honest, it is a long ass movie. And not even just like the extended cut is only thirty minutes longer. It's still a Do you know the extended cut for two towers is forty four minutes longer? Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> like the, the the theatrical cut is only three hours and ten or something like that. You know, like that's still a long movie. Yeah. And and that's you know, that's it. It's a long movie. I I know it's epic and it's grand, but it's like it's epic and it's grand for the sake of it. Like it is, and I mean, I guess that's the point. It's an overall thing, and I think it's part of a. It's a three piece thing. It is. It is what it is. A lot of the rooms. It's massive. Before Endgame, right? This was, or an Avatar. Avatar, probably not even as much as this. This was the trilogy itself, and the way it was made. I think is an event in itself. It had never been done before. Well, we considered impossible. Three years. Boom, boom, boom. 
And Done. all back to back, bloody incredible. And that's why the third one won 11 Academy Awards. But anyway, it was on. obviously more of a celebration of the whole trilogy, yeah, wasn't it? That's yeah. right. The combination. Anyway, what was your rating, sorry? Um, but yeah, like to be honest, from me, what I get from it, my enjoyment, um, you know, I could say critically, I, I would give it a rating as high as what you said, you know, a 4, 4.5. Mm. It's, it's definitely up there. But in terms of like my enjoyment and what I get from but the genre from this movie, mm. I can enjoy and appreciate and follow the characters and you know, I'm happy to sit through them and I will sit through the extended cuts of the of the next two as well, just so I've completely watched it, so I can claim that. <laughs> um but you know, like it comes in at a three point five for me. And that's just a personal choice. Don't hunt me down with pitchforks. <laughs> Look, it's, um, it's, I can I can admit that this isn't an everybody movie. Yeah, like it's an acquired taste. Well, it's even, just yeah. not it's just not my genre. But I can definitely get on board and appreciate it. And I have once I watched all three movies, I was like, wow, yeah. I was completely wrong about it. Mm. But it still falls into a three point five. You know, like to sit through it and just be like, come on, yeah. <laughs> get on I with would, it. I would be really interested to find out, like listeners, like who's who's on what side. Because I'm on an extreme, and I think you're not on an extreme, but you're like very much like I, to me. There are people that I know, and I won't say his name. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, he was just like, oh, he doesn't, just doesn't get it. He doesn't. doesn't uh, he's not interested. So I guess he's on the other end of the spectrum. He's just. I feel like I sit in the middle where it's like I can watch and appreciate it and, yeah. and do it, but I, I'm not in love with this movie. Yeah. I just don't love it. I, I like it. That. I accept that. And I do think this is, like I said, this, I agree, this is the better of the other two. The other two just go crazy, go all, I mean, and that's the point. It goes yeah. big. Where this is contained, it's still about the characters. Um, but hell, I'll watch the, I'll watch the extendeds of the next two mm. and I'll see if maybe there's scenes where characters are more fleshed out and it delivers what I need from yeah, it. I don't think we are. Okay, well, shit. <laughs> You'll be fine. But a 3.5. Hey, uh, the Battle of Helm's Deep is... We're one of the best. I don't even know what you're saying half the time. <laughs> when, you, when you when you watch this, when you watch the next one, you will see. I, the, we're talking about pacing. The pacing of Battle of Helm's Deep is something that battles have been modelled off since. Like it's just really. I which battle done. is that? I don't know. These you will get it when you, when you watch it. When you get it, you will get it. Um. So that was our rewind to 2001, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Rings. Gee, I'm exhausted <laughs> after this. Um, we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as Jason did of a rewind and review. <laughs> as always, we will remind you that any feedback, either positive or negative, or any rewind uh, requests, we've had a couple, um, can be sent to us via email at thatfilmstudiopodcast at gmail.com. You're exhausted, really. Yes. <laughs> uh, or you can reach out to us on either that Film Stew or Rewind Reviews Facebook pages. Yeah. Uh, whilst you're there, like and follow. We yep. would appreciate that. Share. Like, Share like, as much like, as you can. Follow, well. follow, follow, like, 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 follow, follow, follow. Subscribe and leave us a review on SoundCloud and iTunes as it does help others uh, like yourself find the podcast. And um, that Film Stew has a website where you can find our entire catalogue of episodes. Check it out, thatfilmsyoupodcast.com yeah. forward slash rewind review if you want. <laughs> You'll find us on there anyway. We're the ones with the blue logo. Um, coming up next for us, rewind and review, we're going to be taking a trip back to 1989 to celebrate the 30th anniversary of James Cameron's The Abyss. The Abyss. Woo. Fun fact. So we're yeah. in August. 
it was two years ago me and you started this uh this little this thing. faction Is of, it two, uh, of yeah, a anniversary yeah Happy we, anniversary buddy we did uh, oh yeah that's that's all right it was the 22nd of august we did terminator 2 our first episode so it'd be cool yeah. to get back into James Cameron to sort of tie that together That's two pretty, years on. Pretty awesome. Yeah, but thank you anyway, you guys, for listening. Uh, this has been another Rewinder Review. See you, yeah, see you on the abyss <laughs> on our next trip. Bye-bye. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.